0: Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation, chapter number 21. Revelation 21, this is the last book of the Bible, and we're going to be reading from the next to last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21. Please follow along as I read, beginning at verse number 1. The Apostle John writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them as their God, and He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy are faithful and true. Father, we ask your blessing upon the reading of your sacred word. Lord, minimize the man that stands behind this sacred place, this pulpit, so that the the Son of God and the glory of Christ would shine in our hearts this morning. Through his word and by the power of his sovereign Holy Spirit, We ask all these things in his name. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever had one of those days where everything that could go wrong did go wrong? (laughs) Maybe you had one this week. I had a couple this week, actually. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and you hit the bed that night thinking, I am glad this day is over. And you get up the next morning thinking that, well, today will be better. But it's not. And then the next day and the next and the next day until that day when everything that could go wrong did go wrong becomes the very week. Or even the month where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And you just desperately needed one thing to go right. Just just one. One positive, one encouraging phone call. One piece of mail you were actually happy to receive. Ever had a week like that? Well, friends, it feels to me like this entire year has been like that. Where everything that could go wrong has, we've seen a pandemic. We've seen government overreach and overreaction. We've seen government controversy. We've seen a contentious election. We've seen such social unrest and riots and Perhaps most disturbing, we've seen the de, the significant decline of the church in America, the compromise of the American church, and it feels like we just need that one thing to go right. We need that one encouraging word. And friends, that's what I want to do for us this morning. You know by now, if you've been paying attention, where we're we going We've sung about heaven. We've read Jesus' promise to come and take us to that place that he has prepared for himself, for us. We've read about this place in Revelation 21. Because there is no more encouraging word that we could hear at this moment than to think about that final day when all the mess down here is over and we're finally home. And for those who have heard by divine grace that effectual call of the Holy Spirit that awakened their dead hearts to the sweet beauty and glory of Christ in salvation, to those there is within our hearts a longing for this place that we have sung about and read about this morning a longing for our eternal home. Friends, a home to which we have never even been. <laughs> have you ever gone to that place for the very first time, you've never been there before, and it just felt like home? I'm not sure about you, but the current state of our world and the events of this past year have made me long for the place described in our text this morning more than Ever. Because the place that John saw in Revelation 21, friends, it is our true home. And it is our sustaining hope in these dark and distressing days that we're living in right now. So I want to ask you this morning to consider with me two main thoughts from this text in Revelation 21, 1 to 5. The first is that John describes a place where all things will finally be made new. In verse 1, John sees a new heaven and a new earth. It's a new heaven and a new earth because he he says the first earth, the first heaven and first earth had what? passed away. And the Apostle Peter spoke prophetically of this passing away. Interesting, the language there. In the original language of the New Testament in this text, the word that is translated passed away means departed. It's the same language we use for people who die. The departed, those who have passed away. And Peter spoke of this passing away of the original creation, In 2 Peter 3, beginning of verse 10, when he says, The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. All things that are hidden now will be exposed on that day. Peter goes on to write, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved... What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will, friends, picture this as best we can. Peter says the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting, Peter says, for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Friends, I want you to look around you at everything that we see in this world and even beyond this world into the vastness of the cosmos. What Peter describes here in 2 Peter 3 is coming for it all. This will be an apocalyptic scene the likes of which Hollywood has scarcely able to be to have produced on film. The movies cannot even imagine depicting this scene of a passing away creation. But it is not a Title destruction, friends. It is a renewal. It is a renewal of creation. And everything that sin has brought into God's perfect and pristine creation will finally be gone. The original creation was marred, of course, by the presence and the power of sin from that moment in Eden when our parents, the parents of the human race, forget what they tell you, friends. In ninth grade, biology or earth science about some common descent. Our common descent is Adam and Eve. They turn their backs on their creator in rebellion. Their sin, our sin in them brought suffering and death, and our world was never the same. Friends, understand this. The world that we see today, everything that we experience in this, in this existence is not as God created it. It is a world devastated, tainted by human sin. You see, evolutionary ideology teaches us that sickness and suffering and bloodshed and death that they are all normal and even necessary parts of life, but friends, that is a lie. God did not create this world to die. He did not create us to die. We did that. We did that through our sin. And Peter says that this original creation that has been defaced and deformed by human sin will melt away under God's purifying wrath. And a renewed heavens and earth will emerge. And friends, that is what John sees here in Revelation 21. He sees the renewed creation. And notice that he describes this new creation, this new heaven and new earth, not by what is there so much as what is not there. And he does this through a series of no mores. The phrase no more shows up at least 12 times in the book of Revelation with seven of them coming in chapters 21 and 22. John says in verse number 1, there will be no more seed. all throughout scripture, and that, that may be puzzling to you, but all throughout the Bible, the sea, the ocean, is emblematic of this untamable chaos and destruction. All one has to do is to look at the aftermath of a hurricane or a tsunami. You remember that tsunami some years ago that washed over Japan? Looking at the Satellite shots of before and after you see the destructive power of the sea. In Revelation, the sea is mentioned, get this, 26 times in the book of Revelation. John talks about it 26 times. Revelation 13, the sea is that godless abyss from which the antichrist beast emerges in revelation 20 the sea is the abode of the dead but in the new creation friends that unsettled watery void that the holy spirit hovered over on the day of the first day of creation that sea will finally be conquered it will be no more I don't know about you guys. It's kind of encouraging for me because I can't swim. That's no joke. I I don't know how to swim. I never learned how to swim. I always drown at least once in my life. It's actually humiliating for me to stand up here and admit that. I cannot swim. Every time we go over the bridge and I'm thinking, man, if this thing crashes and if by some chance I survive the fall... I'm going to die. John says the sea will be no more. Now maybe you're thinking, is John, what does he say? Does he say that the, the, the literal oceans will be gone on the new earth? That there literally will be no more sea? No more ocean? No more body of water? The earth is what, three quarters of water now? I don't know. All I want to say about that is that the the metaphors, the symbols, the imagery of revelation, friends, is challenging to interpret, number one. But secondly, it's challenging to interpret consistently. So I think we may just have to wait to find out. But the point is that the new heavens and the new earth will be qualitatively different than the present creation that is so marred by sin and death. It's going to be different. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Not only will there be no more sea, verse 4 says there will be no more tears, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain in other words the painful ongoing effects of sin will be no more they're going to be gone there's going to be no more sickness there will be no more cancer there will be no more dim eyesight friends think about that There will be no more genetic abnormalities. There will be no more suffering in that new world. In Rock Hill, South Carolina, there is a cemetery that contains the remains of my father who departed. This world tragically and unexpectedly in July 2003. He was 54, I think. Only 11 years older than I am now. That same cemetery also contains the remains of a son that we named Owen. Who inexplicably died in his mother's womb at 20 weeks? The doctors said that there was some sort of what they called it incompatibility with life. 20 weeks. And my wife delivered a perfectly formed baby boy who was already dead. And on November 1st, All Saints Day, on November 1st, 2013, we laid his tiny body in the ground next to my dad. Friends, this family knows the tears, the death, the mourning, the crying, the pain that John speaks about in verse 4. But how many of you Know the same pain. You know what it's like to walk that same dark road of loss. Perhaps a spouse that you've said goodbye to, a child that you have said goodbye to, a parent. There are all sorts of names going through my head, your faces going through my brain right now. I know your stories. I know you are feeling that sting even now as I am reminding you of the loss that you have experienced. We are acquainted with this grief here at this church. Death is the curse of sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the Apostle Paul says that death will be the last enemy to be destroyed. God is going to save that final enemy, that great threat against us for the very end. And in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, John writes just a few verses earlier than our text this morning. He says, death and hell... Will be cast into the lake of fire. Friends, that is the day that death itself will die. And here's the best thing in this new creation, there will be no more death because there will be no more sin. Friends, I'm just so tired of sin. I'm so tired of having to war against the sinful impulses and lust of my fallen flesh. I'm so tired of worrying about the power of sin to lure my children away from God. I'm so tired of seeing sin destroy this world. But there is coming a day, dear friends, when sin and its consequence, death, will be no more. There will be no more lust for all you men and young men in here this morning. There will be no lust. There will be no more pornography. There will be no more pride. There will be no more greed. There will be no more oppression. No more discontentment no more envy, no more anger. There will be no more self-righteousness. Oh, what a new world this will be. In verse 5, John writes, he's seeing all this, right? He writes this revelation of Jesus Christ and He sees all this, and he does the best that he can in human language to write down what he is seeing. It fails him. But in verse 5, he said, And he who was seated on the throne. My goodness, imagine that scene, friends. To see the one who is seated on the throne. God speaks here, and He says, Behold, I am making all things new. I'm undoing all the damage that sin has done. You see, friends, our new home will be characterized by the absence of everything that is wrong with our present world. With our present existence, home is where all things are finally made new. This is our hope this morning. This is our hope. And secondly, our text describes a place where we will be forever with God himself. Just think about that again for a moment. John describes a place where we will forever be with God himself. I don't know that that really hits us like it should. Look at the way he describes this experience in verse number 2, Revelation 21. He says, I saw the holy city. Mm. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. This new city, prepared as a bride adorned for her, her, her husband. You know the beauty and glory of a wedding. When all stand at attention, when the rear doors of a, of a sanctuary are opened and the bride comes down the center aisle, sparkling, dazzling in her adornment, her pure white dress adorned for her husband. John says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Friends, we need to, we need to capture that verse this morning. The dwelling place of God is with man. This is the creator of all those fantastic things we look at from the Hubble Space Telescope on the internet. And we say, wow. And John says, the dwelling place of this God, this creator, who's flung all of that into existence with a, with a single word, His dwelling place is with us. He will dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself, not a stand-in, not a substitute, God Himself will be with them as their God. See, these verses show us, dear friends, that home is not just a place. Home is a person. It is God Himself who will dwell with us forever. Paul speaks about this in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 when he says that we desire to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. God's plan has always been to dwell with His people. The Garden of Eden, the tabernacle, the temple, the holy city of Jerusalem, what we call Zion. The new covenant and dwelling of the Holy Spirit in all believers. All of this shows God's desire and His intent to be with His people. And they all point to this final and ultimate reality in which God will fully dwell with us in the new Jerusalem, which is the crown jewel of the new creation that the Old Testament prophets foretold. Isaiah 65, verse 17. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. The prophet Ezekiel says this in chapter 37 he says my this is god speaking through the prophet my dwelling place shall be with them and i shall be their god and they will be my people all of the covenant promises of god of his eternal presence with his people will ultimately be fulfilled right here revelation 21 and The new Jerusalem, which, by the way, friends, is not merely a place in the new creation. The new Jerusalem is the new creation. It is the new creation. It is the eternal home of God's people where He will dwell with them in everlasting fullness. Friends, the new Jerusalem is the completion of what God began in Eden. He longs to be with His people the question for us this morning, friends, is do we long to be with him? Earlier I I talked about the New Jerusalem being not merely a a place but a person. And so we long to be with that person the lord jesus christ and i can only share from my personal experience of a similar longing when i was when i lived in wyoming uh, many 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 years ago before jamie and i were married i i had already graduated but she was still in college in tennessee and uh one september she and her mom flew out to visit me i may have told you some of this story before i don't know I hadn't seen her in months it had been been quite a while and I had plans actually to propose to her during her visit so I was really super nervous I was really nervous and excited all at the same time maybe you know that experience and I remember the night before she flew into Denver, Colorado I had to go pick her up at the airport I, I couldn't sleep a wink didn't sleep a bit In fact, I don't think I slept at all the whole week before she got there because I was so longing to see her again, and I can still remember the joy that flooded my heart as she walked off of that airplane, and I got the first glimpse of her I'd seen in months. This is before FaceTime, friends. We can have that. Maybe you have a similar experience, a similar longing to see someone that you love. But I wonder, dear friends, do we feel that way about the Lord Jesus? Do we feel that nervous excitement (laughs) deep down in our stomachs, in our bellies, when we think about His return? When we think about being forever united with Him in this place that John describes here, we feel those little butterflies in our stomach, that deep longing to see the one that we love more than all. No doubt there will be many sweet reunions with loved ones passed on when we get there. I know that many of you in here... Your heart is broken now because you long to see someone that you've said goodbye to. You cannot wait until you are reunited with them. There will be many sights in that new world. Many things that will dazzle our eyes. But friends, nothing will compare to the blinding splendor of the glorified Son of God. We can't we can't feel this like we need to this morning. Nothing will compare to the splendor of Jesus Christ. One old gospel song says this mansions will glisten on the hills of glory. Happy reunions on streets of gold. Angel choirs singing glad praises forever. But Jesus will outshine them all. Friends, do you feel that way this morning? About the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we spend much time at all thinking about that instant when our glorified eyes will catch That first glimpse of the risen Jesus in this city. I think if we're honest, most of us are more excited about the temporary enjoyments of this present world than the eternal presence of Jesus in the new world. This is not real enough to us. We have some repenting to do, friends. One final thought as we close. God's promise to destroy evil. His promise to renew all things. and His promise to dwell with us in the person of His Son. This promise is certain. It is ironclad. Second half of verse 5 says this. Write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Friends, there is no question this will happen. These verses we read today in Revelation 21, they will happen. The Lord will return for His people. We will be home in the new creation, in that new holy city forever. The certainty of this promise is what sustains us when we look at the insanity of the world in which we live right now. When you get depressed and discouraged about everything that's wrong in this world or perhaps even what's wrong in your own life, friends, just start thinking about home. The Puritan preacher Richard Sibbs, he said this, "The life of a Christian is wondrously ruled In this world, by the consideration and meditation of life in another world. How do we cope with the depressing things that we see on the news? We think about home. How do we cope when our spouse is dying with cancer? We talk to them about home. When our children are consumed with this present world, we tell them that they live in Christ for another world. This is but a breath, a vanishing vapor when we are weary of that battle with indwelling sin. Does anybody else in here sin? Does anybody else get weary of that war? Friends, when we are so tired of that battle, when we are battle-scarred, beaten, and bloody in our war with sin, think long on the glory of that day when sin will be no more. And we will finally be able to worship the Lord in the beauty of true and unblemished holiness. For every trial and suffering in this life, friends, just start thinking about home. But this place is only home, though, for those who know the Builder. The New Jerusalem, dear brothers and sisters, dear friends, the New Jerusalem is a gated community. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that gate. Revelation 22, just one chapter over, verse 14 says this, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Friends, if you are not trusting in Christ this morning, the place that we have described in this text is not your home. Hell is. God is holy. We are sinners by nature and by choice. Jesus died to make all who believe right with God. Repent and believe the gospel today. And the last verse, Revelation 22, verse 20. This is how John closes the inspired, inerrant, authoritative, and sufficient revelation of Scripture. This is how the book is closed. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Friends, is that the cry of your heart this morning? (laughs) Come, Lord Jesus. It should be. And if it is not, now is the time to start praying about it. Let's pray together.